Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, November 11th. Happy Veterans Day 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, um, I know you had a busy show-going weekend. I I'm going to talk about those because we're going to talk about both shows later, so I want to get to those. Uh, but before we do that, I want to mention the fact that we had two episodes in this podcast feed over the weekend. The first was Lauren Class Schneider's Class Notes uh, talking to uh, Sullivan Jones, who was a part of Slave Play. And then we had this week on Broadway in which Peter, Michael, and James talked about what is going to be our first story, which we'll get to here in a second, as well as reviews for the new group's production of Cyrano, uh, Tina the Tina Turner musical, Seared at MCC, and much, much more. So make sure that you check out both of those episodes. And as always, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Yes. If you would like to first become... Though. A subscriber. Uh, what I'm here's what I'm thinking. Ashley, mm. we had a lot of great people send in suggestions for potential Patreon only shows. What I'm thinking I might do during my trip to New York, and okay. I haven't run this by James yet, oh, uh, but I'm thinking about for shows that are open, not for shows that are in previews. Uh, for shows that are open, I might like record little, like two, three, four, five minute reviews Ooh. after I see them and throw them in the Patreon. That's very good. I like yeah. that. So, so you know, technically I could, for most of these, the ones that I paid for, I could drop those in as well. Um, I generally don't do that here, but I still, if I paid for a ticket, I still, I feel completely fine to talk about them on social media, do just that. not yeah. on. Yeah. So fo make sure you're following, but for the ones that are open, I think I'm going to do that. It's tough to have enough time to make that work. But um, I think I'm going to try. So stay like tuned it. for that. And I'll, I will put them in the Patreon only feed. So make sure if you give a toot about what I have to say <laughs> about shows, head over there and make sure you become a patron. But I will not be continuing that trend after you leave. <laughs> well, no. See, it's a little different for you guys that live there. You know, I don't. So it's a little different. For yeah. Me. It's but, special content uh, when you're here. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean. It's me, so yeah. of never, I'm just kidding. Sure. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> as I mentioned, this week on Broadway featured a section in which Peter, Michael, and James talked about the recently announced changes to the upcoming Broadway revival of West Side Story. Now, actually, these are rumors that had been circulating for a while, and we'll get to it, I guess. Um, but the... the <laughs> Trust me, I've got thoughts. <laughs> but basically what it is, is in a new interview with Vogue, director Evo Van Hova revealed that he is going to be making some changes to the beloved West Side Story. Two songs for the show will be cut, at least at first preview. The Somewhere Ballet. Now, Somewhere the song will still be there, but the Somewhere Ballet will not. And he is going to be getting rid of the song, I Feel Pretty. These changes are being done in order to make this iconic musical one act. Um, he's yeah. also doing something yes. that uh, I don't have as much of a problem with. He's going to be using the film version of America in which Bernardo is the counter to Anita rather than I don't remember the other shark girl's name. Um, I, re I really would have preferred that maybe they would have just uh, gone with the cool Officer Krupke order. Um, cause I preferred that in the film than, than what they have in the stage show. But Ashley, mm -hmm. these are just the beginning of the rumors of things that I've heard about this show in the article in Vogue, Van Hova reveals that he is going to be utilizing video. Yeah. Um, I've heard that the rumble itself is going to be done via video. I hear there's a little mm, bit of nudity. I didn't hear that. 
yeah, there's uh. there's a a little bit of nudity in here. I believe that one of the uh, adults, I don't know if it's Krupke or Lieutenant Shrank, might look like a certain president who recently moved from New York to mm. South Florida. <laughs> If you were listening in 5D, you are actually able to hear my eye roll. Um, <laughs> but you're not, probably. That's a Patreon-only thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, look, I'm all for shows being reinvented, classics sure. being reinvented. But there's a difference between reinventing and reorganizing. Changing the material and, and, entirely, yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things that I really expected about Sexy Oklahoma, respected. Right, that's exactly the fact my that thought. They changed I mean, they, they changed the entire meaning of the show, uh, and that's not something that I necessarily bought into whole hog, mm-hmm. but they did it without changing a single word. Now, they did cut a few things here and there towards the end, but nothing substantive, not removing entire songs. Right. Um, not, you know, so actually, I, I, it I just, just feels like I'm just going to pass between this and Amir What's-His-Face being cast. I'm just going to pass. Yeah. Like, I, I reserve the right to change my mind if this becomes, like, if this is huge and it turns out to be great. I'm, I I reserve my, you know, my right to change my mind. Yeah, uh, it it uh, it takes a lot for me to not see a show with Sondheim's name on the bill, but here we are. Sure. Yeah, I, and especially with the film coming out. Like, I think I'll just yeah. stick for the film. The film so far looks amazing. I'm very excited about the film. With this, I'm currently of two moods one being pissed off and the other being Uh apathetic i I, if your argument is that you want to cut time and i do like the sense i honestly i do like the sense of urgency because his reason for cutting it down is that he wants it to feel like the 48 hours that it takes place during fine i guess but those are the songs that you're going to cut which are pretty Big songs, especially well, I feel pretty. I mean, Sondheim, Sondheim hates that song. But. Exactly, and and that's the thing too. Is like I understand that Sondheim doesn't like I feel pretty, but it's really the only solo that Maria has. Yep. Um, and then the other that's, thing is, is like yeah. if Sondheim approved these cuts, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of problems believing that you know the Bernstein estate right. and. I don't know who's running the Arthur Lawrence estate. He didn't have a ton of friends or family mm. by the time that he passed away. But it just seems like Lawrence, of all people, would have had it in his will that you don't touch a damn word of mine. Um, so I just it just feels weird. It feels wrong. I just I, I don't know why. Like the, the the Oklahoma changes, I was completely on board with you. And if I didn't like yeah. them all, yeah. this just feels like Evo trying to out Evo himself. Mm, yeah, I this production already seems incredibly women-like. Like, are there any marketing team? But you're going to cut <laughs> one number that's entirely women, and then the original staging of America is all women, I believe. At least mostly Correct. women. Yes. It's all gonna, women, yes. Yeah, and they're going to do the film version here that did it with the two genders. So I don't, I don't get it. I'm As far as being apathetic towards it, I mean, we've already discussed... Our disdain for the Amara Masar casting, and I don't think it got entirely swept under the rug, but it's not making as big of waves as cutting out these songs are. So I think my outrage is still mostly reserved for that. I'm just, I'm not a Van Hova fan to begin with. I think these are questionable choices. Nothing is so outraging as keeping him in the cast. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not going to see it. I... (laughs) <laughs> it's it's very yeah. few and far between, but I 
can't And I love imagine. me from West Side. I, it's not my favorite, but I absolutely intended to see it. And I, I can't think of anything that would change my mind at this point. Yeah, I just... I, I, yeah. And there was like, people were so mad online. Um, Isaac Powell, who's playing Tony, yeah. he clapped back at people, which was a really bad, it's a look. bad choice. Yeah. Yeah. And then he deleted all of his social media accounts, which is probably fair oh, because there's going to be pe- plenty wow. of people very angry once the show begins previews. Yeah. Rachel Ziegler, who is playing Love Maria that. in yeah. the film. Yes. Like she made a statement about how. You know, the Amir Ramasar casting was problematic for her. Um, they, I guess mm-hmm. there had been some sort of conversation with her about doing it. And the Broadway production said no. Um, mm-hmm. There's just it's just there's there was a lot of people speaking out about these changes. And I agree, you know, you and I were both very passionate about that initial casting. And I wish that there that would have been able to continue more. But I am seeing that pop up more. A lot of these yeah. discussions. It's, yeah. you know, oh, so absolutely. It is a refresh of that. Um, with all of these questionable content Na- decisions. But... Natalie Walker had my favorite comment towards it. Of, what? You, you're you going to cut I Feel Pretty? What happened? Did it harass its female cast members or something like that? <laughs> That's like, pretty good. Natalie's yeah, a great follow. But so is Rachel Ziegler. Yes. Um, but anyway, so disappointing, confusing, frustrating. Again, totes okay with, with making um tonal adjustments sure. uh, to classic musicals yeah i'm not a not, fan i'm not a not fan this. of revivals doing the show as it was in its original form <clears throat> exactly i'm not a fan it doesn't interest me i'm nine times out of ten i'm not gonna see it yeah it's it's disappointing it's confusing it's frustrating i think this is going to be one of those, we saw it with people expecting one thing in Oklahoma and coming out very angry that it wasn't that. I think this is going to be times 100. So we'll see what actually happens when the show begins previews next month. <sighs> uh, all right, Ashley, let's move on from a show that is being a classic show being done differently to a new show that broke a ton of rules off Broadway. And that is the fact that on Friday, the producers of the off-Broadway musical K-pop announced that they will be launching a nationwide search for singers, actors, and dancers for an upcoming Broadway run of the show. Conceived by Woodshed Collective and Jason Kim, the the book features uh, or the show features a book by Kim and music and lyrics by Helen Park and Max Vernon. And the show was an interactive environmental production directed by Teddy Bergman off Broadway in a fall 2017 production produced by Ars Nova in association with Mahi Theater and Woodshed Collective. Now, actually, the show won a ton of awards. The 2018 Richard Rogers Award, three Lucia Lortels, including Best Musical, the Off-Broadway Alliance Award, as well as seven Drama Desk nominations. And it was also, I think, I gave it the, uh, the 2017 award for shows that I was most pissed off that closed before I got to town. No. Uh, <laughs> Ashley Park starred in the original Off-Broadway production, and would honestly be great uh, if this was her first lead role in a Broadway show That'd if she amazing. came with it yeah. after having a number of really strong supporting featured uh, roles, including one coming up in Grand Horizons yeah. later uh, this winter. Now, the show has been doing a number of quiet workshops over the past six months or so, including working to see how they would be able to adapt a production that featured multiple playing spaces on different floors and different rooms in this off-Broadway space. Um, And seeing how that would translate to a Broadway theater, including 
potentially one of the 43 that have a proscenium. Mm. Of course, the aforementioned Oklahoma closes the circle in the square in January. American Buffalo follows up with a run in the spring into the summer. So they very well might be aiming to go into circle in the square and use that nice. unique space somehow. Yeah. That's That was their original plan. And then I think when they were planning on trying to come in in the spring... They knew they weren't going to get it, so they started looking at proscenium options. Oh, okay. But to me, it would make the most sense to try to get Circle in the Square somehow. But yeah. did you actually get a chance to see it when it was off-Broadway? I didn't, and it's now getting my 2019 posthumous pissed-off award that I didn't get to see it, as you had your 2017 one. Uh, yeah. I have wanted to see... I, I, I didn't get to see the show, but I've seen Max Vernon perform a lot because he did a Joe's Pub residency yeah. for Cabaret, and I actually got to see him and Helen Park perform songs from K-pop during that show. So I've been pretty excited about it since then. Didn't know they were doing Hush Hush workshops uh, over the past few months, so that's very exciting. I can't wait for this. I really... I, I think Circle in the Square might be the only place it could work, but I also don't really know. I know it's very choose-your-own-adventure kind of show, so I'm Correct. really curious to see how they adapt that for a Broadway audience, because you would think it would have to still be a small audience, but you're not going to put it in something like the Helen Hayes. Yeah, I mean, it's a musical, so it needs enough people to pay for the operations of <laughs> said musical. That, yeah. Uh, so I don't know how that's going to change from being, like you said, kind of choose your own adventure um, uh, uh What's the, the the one over at the McKeechrick Hotel? Um, sleep No where More. Where they wear masks. Yeah, it's like Sleep No More, where you kind of follow your own <laughs> Every path. Every single time we talk about know, Sleep No More, you forget it. And that is always the way you describe it, too. The one, <laughs> the one with the, mask the masks. On, you walk around the hotel. <laughs> yeah. I always want to go, but damn, those tickets are so expensive. They are like, expensive. I can't, I can't justify yeah. paying for that. I don't have cabaret um, perks anymore, either. Uh, seriously. But, so... <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do here, uh, but I'm very excited to see what they, in fact, end up deciding. But, all right, let's run through this week's theatrical schedule. Ashley, it's a busy one, so I'm just going to go through rough shot, go through quickly. I will have links to all of these in the show notes. Tonight, Off-Broadway, the official opening night for the Off-Broadway revival of Fires in the Mirror from Signature Center, the Anna DeVere Smith play in which Anna DeVere Smith is not appearing. Also tonight, we have the first preview for Slava's Snow Show on Broadway. Heaven help us all. This show will actually be <laughs> opening on Wednesday. So a Noted whole two Slava's days of Snow Show fan, Matt Tony. Oh my God, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Literally. Oh so that'll be opening on Wednesday. I'm not going to talk about it again because we're actually going to go to Wednesday now, November 13th, where previews or performances begin for the New York City Center gala run of Evita. Uh, I'm going to be seeing it on Thursday, actually, because I wasn't going to pay the huge ticket prices uh, for uh, the gala performance. Uh, also on Wednesday, we have the first preview for History of Violence out at St. Anne's Warehouse in Brooklyn. Everything that St. Anne's does is usually pretty great, so probably worth checking out. Then on Thursday, we have opening night for Pump Girl off-Broadway from the Irish Rep. We have the first previews for Halfway Bitches Go Straight to Heaven, a new Stephen Adley Gerges play from the Atlantic uh, off-Broadway. Then we have the new play from Lincoln Center off-Broadway called Greater Clements. 
Then on Saturday, we have the first previews for Theater for a New Audience's off-Broadway revival of Fifu and Her Friends. And on Saturday, we have the first closing of the week, the Keen Company's production of Molly Sweeney. Then on Sunday, we have the Broadway opening night, day night for Inheritance. It's two parts, so I never know how they're technically doing this. Is it like, are they doing it, are they doing like part one as the matinee and then they have the opening night stuff before part two? I don't know. Oliver, text me when you hear this and let me know what you guys are doing for the opening on Sunday night. Then, also on Sunday, we are having the final closing performance for Kristen Chenoweth for The Girls on Broadway. More about this show later. Mm. Then we are having two shows that I believe you saw this week that I want to talk about real quickly, Ashley. The closing for Soft Power of the Public Theater. And then the final performance of Heroes of the Fourth Turning at Playwrights Horizon is also happening on Sunday. And then LCT3's production of Power Strip is also closing on Mm, Sunday. So, Ashley, you are seeing, you saw Soft Power and saw Heroes of the Fourth Turning. I I am seeing Soft Power. I'm not going to be able to see Heroes as much as I wanted to. Uh, I just couldn't fit it in. No, No, I couldn't get it in. Um, So what did you think, real quick, thumbnail sketch of your impressions of both of those shows? Oh, (laughs) boy. I really, yeah, I I really loved Soft Power, and when we did the reviews for Soft Power, they were pretty lukewarm, and I get where some of the criticism comes from, but I had so much fun. Uh, it was completely up my alley. I think it's a tragedy that Conrad Ricamora isn't in more shows and should be a leading man on Broadway immediately. Well, he's 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 making that TV cash right now, so he, he he's is, fine. And I'm a massive uh, "How to Get Away with Murder" Same. fan, so Me too. very fair. Yeah. Here's... Not a not a big fan of Laura uh, Laurel not being on the season, uh, but we'll get there later. That. Yeah, anyway. Heroes of the Fourth Turning obviously got such incredible reviews that my opinion at this point doesn't matter. <laughs> But I I don't know. I don't know what to do with it yet. It's another show that I recognize. Both shows that I saw, I recognize what everybody loved about them or what everybody was uh, apathetic toward. But Heroes of the Fourth Turning, it didn't... I think I had such high expectations going in is probably a very big part of the problem. So I'd like to... Maybe digest with it another week, but it wasn't it wasn't the show I was hoping it was going to be. Let me just say that. Fair enough. All right, we are running long because of our West Side Story uh, discussion, so I'm going to breeze <laughs> through the West reviews. Unlike West Side Story, we're running long. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, <laughs> we're going to take an intermission now. Uh, no, um, I'm going to run through the reviews for the new group's off-Broadway premiere of the newest musical version of Cyrano de Bergerac called Cyrano adapted by Erica Schmidt, who also directs and it features music by band members from the band, the national stars, Peter Dinklage, Jasmine Cephas Jones, Grace McLean, uh, Blake Jenner, Scott Stangland, and more. Uh, ben Brantley for the New York Times said, quote, Deep, imperious, and thundering with an angry irony, the voice precedes the man. When it first tears through the darkness, amplified to eardrum-rattling volume, you sense a collective quickening of pulses, 
at the Daryl Roth Theater, where a somber and monotonous new variation of Cyrano de Bergerac opened on Thursday night. Presumably, most of those who have gathered to see Cyrano, as this new group production is called, are there for the express purpose of setting eyes upon the possessor of that voice, Peter Dinklage. I hasten to announce he is by no means a disappointment, as the witty, wily, and dangerously underestimated title character. He continues on a little bit and talks about the fact that they don't really emphasize the nose factor for Cyrano, instead translating that to the fact that Peter Dinklage is only, is only four foot five. Using Dinklage as Cyrano as, was a natural idea, Brantley continued. I only wish that this production had lived up to its inspired coup of star casting. For the play's first 15 minutes or so, it seems as if this might be the case, introducing new shades of romantic darkness into a theatrical chestnut. Unfortunately, the entire show feels woefully static, with performers lined up across the narrow stage like participants in a high school pageant. Ooh. Yeah, no bueno. No bueno. Um, Raven Snook of Time Out New York gave the show three out of five stars, writing, quote, they don't really give much less than two out of five stars, so adjust your intake differently. Mm. But um, she said, quote, Cyrano may be trying for a Spring Awakening style juxtaposition with contemporary tunes revitalizing a period romantic tragedy. But the lyrics are banal and repetitive. And aside from a few group numbers, eye-catchingly choreographed by Jeff and Rick Kupperman, the songs do little to move the narrative forward. Yet, Dinklage makes you care. His real-life wife, Schmidt, the adapter and director, has elicited a captivating performance from this wonderfully expressive actor. When Cyrano thinks for a moment that Roxanne loves him only to discover that it's Christian she adores, you feel his elation give, give way to despair. It pierces your heart as the rest of the production rarely manages to do. This is what I'm seeing, Ashley. So mm. I guess I'll just go for the... I mean, I wanted to see Peter Dinklage. I wanted to see Jasmine Cephas Jones, Grace yeah. McLean. Um, say, it doesn't I sound guess... like, from the reviews, it doesn't sound like the performances are the problem. No, no. And again, this is the third musicalized version of Cyrano, yeah. and none of them have been very good. So, All right, let's wrap up the show, Ashley, with a few bits of news. Unfortunately, we got this news item on Friday... After we recorded the show, so we weren't able to give you about half of it. Um, but on Friday, we learned the guest stars that will be joining Kristen Chenoweth for her Broadway run of For the Girls playing at the Nederlander Theater, as we said, through Sunday. This coming week, the shows that are still uh, available, she will be joined by the likes of Jenna Claire Mason, Cece Winans, Jennifer Laura Thompson, Laura Benanti, Shelley Wright, Amanda Jane Cooper, Jessica Vosk, Shoshana Bean, Mario Cantone, <laughs> okay. uh, St Stephen Schwartz, and more. Obviously, a ton of Wicked alums there in yeah. Mason, Thompson, Cooper, Vosk, Bean, and obviously Schwartz. So um, when when I heard that Laura Benanti was going to be there, I was Kind of mad I didn't get tickets to see yeah. that one. But anyway, um, next, we learned over the weekend uh, that according to IndieWire, the film version of Cats won't be screened for critics until mid-December, meaning that it will miss the eligibility deadline for the Golden Globes, SAG oh, Awards, and others. Wow. The Oscars deadline isn't until early January, so they will be eligible for those, but not the others. Maybe the process of CGI putting hair on hum humanoid cats <laughs> is taking longer than they anticipated. I guess so. Something's uh, taking too long. That's all yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, anyway, the fi final story today, Ashley, yesterday we got some news that honest, honestly frustrated me a bit. Mm. Not as much as the West Side Story news, mm. but... 
Kristen Anderson Lopez tweeted that with the first performance of the national tour of Frozen happening in Schenectady on Sunday, Caroline Bowman and Caroline Interbickler will be debuting a new Anna and Elsa duet called I Can't Lose You as part of the show. Oh. Now, when I saw the show on Broadway uh, back in previews, yes, I was disappointed by the lack of an ice castle. Major missed opportunity there. But (laughs) even more so, which I've talked about on this show before a number of times, I was disappointed by the fact that the stage adaptation did little to not only deepen the connection between the sisters, but to even actually focus on it at all. Sure. Um, So I'm glad that they are adding this now for the show that goes out on tour because Disney has a track record of actually trying to help to improve shows on tour, bringing those changes to Broadway. And then those are the versions that you see moving forward. They did it with Aladdin. They've made changes with The Lion King and all of those things. Sure. But I'm glad that they've done this, but I'm a little annoyed that that wasn't just the plan from the get-go. That's what Frozen should have been. It should have been a love story between Elsa and Anna, not Anna and... Whichever one Jonathan Groff played in the movie. Doesn't matter, yeah. <laughs> Hans, I think love, he's Hans. Love you, Jonathan Groff. Yeah, I think he's Hans. I can't yes. Hans and Franz, ready to punch. Hans and Franz. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. silly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so a little frustrated with that, but uh, I'm looking forward to eventually seeing it when it comes through uh, Orlando. It probably won't be a while until it comes through uh, Orlando. The Disney shows usually take a while to get here because of the, the Disney connection. They don't feel the need, I guess, or maybe they want to steer clear of the Disney Oh, that's a very shows. good point. I hadn't yeah, thought we're of it. Ju- we're just getting Aladdin this season. Really? Uh, it's been touring for like five years and we get everything right away. But huh. anyway... Uh, all right, that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt with my travels this week. That's usually when I actually pick up some followers there. So head over there if you want to follow along with all of my shenanigans in the NYC. Hey. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. All right, don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio. If you become a patron before Thursday, I guess, hmm. um, I will start dropping some uh, very short, you know, three, four some minute reviews sick of things that I see. I will be dropping some sick beats. Yeah, yes. some sick Broadway beats. Oh, wow. Boots and hats and Noted. boots and hats. And boots and no- hats. <laughs> Noted beatboxer. Oh, yeah. you, don't, you, don't, you don't know what my college years were. No, I never beatboxed. Anyway, have a great, we are way past the 20 we're minute so mark, so much. we are getting extra goofy. Uh, But anyway, have a uh, great Monday, everybody, and we will be back to talk to you on Tuesday.